we've been talking about keys that you must understand to walk in divine health, keys that you have to understand to lay hold of divine healing. We talked about how that you have to know that healing belongs to you, right? You have to understand that all of this, it's so important that you have ears to hear the word of God. Every day, all day of your life, you wanna make sure that you remain pliable before the Lord, right? Not your will, but his will. And you live in a position where you reverence and you honor and you respect his word. That puts you in a position to have ears to hear. And I'm telling you, faith comes by hearing God's word. And he wants you hearing his word all the time. He will talk to you all the time about his word. Isn't that wonderful? He just, he just wants to, I mean, all day, every day, the God of the universe wants to talk to you. He wants, he wants you to know him because he knows in knowing him, you find out who you are in him. Amen? Romans chapter 12, we started off there last week. That's a foundational scripture. What we're talking about, keys to understand divine healing, right? We're talking about how important it is that you must renew your mind. We're talking about how to renovate your thinking. In Romans chapter 12, Verse 1, it says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So first of all, you got to take that flesh, and as you live your life, you throw that flesh on the altar. You don't let your body tell you what to do. You tell it what to do, right? Now, verse 2, and be not conformed, right, unto this world, don't be conformed, don't be pressed into the mold of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind. I love this word renew. It literally means that you're renovating your mind by replenishing it with something. You're, you're replacing some of these old thought processes with the new thought processes that are in line with the Word of God. You're refilling yourself, your mind. This is part of the renovation. If you renovate a room in your house, what do you do? You tear everything out. Like, we're going to renovate where the Bible Bookstore is down there because we need more room, so many babies and toddlers, so we're going to put our preschool down there. And so the first thing we're going to do is rip out everything in that room right? Then we're going to come in and do work, and eventually we're going to refill it and make it new. We're going to renovate it. Well, this is what God wants you to do. He can't do it for you because he'd have to violate your will, so you have to be willing. You know, in order to do it, you got to put your flesh under. You know, three words to put your flesh under, just get over yourself, right? I always say that. The Lord's told me that. It helped me very much. And then what happens now, see, I should say this, there is no middle ground. Do you know that? There's no middle ground. It's not like you're in this place where you're on vacation, right? I don't have to renew my mind so that my life is transformed and I'm not being pressed into the mold of the world. There is no place like that. You're either renewing your mind so that your life is being transformed or you're being pressed into the mold. You're starting to think like the world. Does that make sense? 
So this is what this is talking about. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Notice it's not what is that good, number two, acceptable, number three, and perfect wills of God. This is not talking, you know, I'm really not ready for that commitment. You know, uh, I, I'm not really ready to go to acceptable yet. I'll just, because I kind of want to flesh out once in a while. So I'll just, can I just have the good will of God? No, no, this is talking about three adjectives, good, acceptable, and perfect, that describe God's will for your life. Does that make sense? He's not interested in you living just a nice little natural life. He wants you to walk with him so that he can do something in your life and so that you can actually experience his quality of life. Amen? That's what, that's what we're talking about here. The New Living Translation of verse 2, as we read last week, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Right? But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't that a big scripture? Do you know how many people get shipwrecked because they're totally into their life and God is not first and then they may get a word from somebody? Right? I, I had one person tell me their life was devastated for probably between 10 and 20 years because a pastor gave her a word. The Lord's been speaking to me about you that Satan desires to sift you as wheat. And so this lady was completely overwhelmed. Man, ever since he said that, I've just been sifted for like the last, right? Be careful with that. Look at what this says. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by giving you a word of prophecy. <laughs> it doesn't say that, does it? By helping you change the way you think. See, prophecy is wonderful, but it's got, it's got to come for you to hear it and for you to know. Have you, ever, have, has, have you ever had God talk to you about something and then you went and tried to run and do it right away? And then when, when he finally gets you calmed down and you've beat your head in the wall for about two years, he's like, no, 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 I, I, you left before I told you everything. That's supposed to happen five years from now. I, I need to get some things in you so that you're ready for this, right? See, when you change the way that you think, then you will learn God's will for you, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. See, all, we're going to get into this on Sundays. The nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit are wonderful, but you can't throw out growing spiritually and walk with him because you'll buy the enemy's counterfeits every time. Does that make sense? If you're thinking about yourself... Your focus is wrong, so you're probably going to hear wrong. And as you renovate your thinking, now it's no longer about you. It's literally just about knowing him. And now you're in a position where he can just move you. Because you're not into what you want. 
you're into what he wants. And then you find out, gosh, really what he wants is really what I want, right? It's every desire of my heart. So this process we're talking about is renewing our mind. I said this last week, I'll read it again. It's the process of adopting an entirely new system of values, an entirely new way of looking at everything in your life according to the word of God, not by what the world thinks. The world says if you want to increase, you got to hold on to stuff. God says to increase, you got to give, right? If the world says if you want to live, you got to put yourself first and look after yourself all the time, God says if you really want to live, you got to die. The world says if you, got, if you want to be first, you got to work harder, you got to work smarter, and you got to make sure that you get ahead of everybody you can. But God says if you want to be first, you got to be last. Isn't that amazing? See, here's the thing. The blessing of God, God never has to take from one to give to another. So you could live your whole life blessing other people and still end up way, way ahead. That's, to be honest with you, that's the only way that you will. So when you make a decision, God, I want to renew my mind with your word. Now what happens as in that process, transformative power is imparted into you. So that, I mean, it changes your life. It changes your outlook. It changes everything. So, but you have to decide. The decision's yours. Why is this important with healing? Why is this important? Because you got to see yourself the way God sees you. Tonight, he doesn't see you with symptoms in your body. He sees you walking. He sees you in Christ, so he sees you walking in everything Christ has provided for you. It's right there. So you have to renew your mind to this, especially if you've had a, a chronic symptom, chronic sickness that's been going on a long time, and you have a nice little pill that you can take to manage it. You can get used to it. I'm telling you, when you get so full of the word, you won't get used to anything. It's like, don't, don't, don't press me into the realm of this world. No, Jesus bore my sickness. He carried my pain. I'm not carrying it, and I'm not bearing it, right? I'm not putting up with poverty and lack in my life. Why? Because he was made poor, so that I, through his poverty, might be made rich, right? So... Renewing our mind is so, so very important. And here is the key. When you change the way you think, when you allow God's word to change the way you think, now you'll be able to identify his will for your life. If you're just living for yourself, if you're not in the word, if you're not walking by faith, if you're not walking in the, in the love of God, if you're not being led by his spirit, you're not gonna be able to see and identify God's will for your life. You'll just be guessing. God wants to take all the guesswork out of it. See, everything is about knowing his will. Why do, we, why do people struggle with this? Well, you just never know what God's going to do. Which God are you talking about? You can't be talking about our God because he's always revealing himself and he's always telling us, don't, you know, don't be unwise. Understand what my will is, Right? The whole Bible, Paul prays these prayers of supplication. It's always that they would have the eyes of their understanding enlightened so that they would know the hope of their calling. That they'd gain revelation knowledge 
of, of who he is in every area of their life. This is so important. And then we said this scripture last week, and I want, I want you to look at this again, because this is God's will for your life. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says here, for whom he did foreknow, which is all of us, right? He also did predestinate. He also preplanned something for you. What is that? That you would be conformed into the image of his son. God wants you conformed, fashioned like unto the very representation and resemblance of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? You know, it's amazing when you look at the New Testament writers. They never lost their own personality as they were inspired by God to write. You know, you see in, in Luke, he was a doctor. So the person didn't have a fever. They had a, a great fever. The, the man with leprosy didn't just have leprosy. He, he was full of leprosy. You know, you see their personality and their giftings in the midst of of all that God is, and that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be the image of Jesus that, see, what happens is when you renovate your thinking, your personality is not twisted anymore. It's untwisted because you got your personality from your father. Does that make sense? Your emotions, man, I'm telling you, your emotions will help you. They are to fuel you. Just, I, I'm so excited about what God's called me to do. I never get, I'm never not excited about it, Amen. right? The, the only possibility I have to not be excited is if I allow my emotions to get twisted to start thinking like the world, right? And, and, and how, what does that look like? Just go to work tomorrow and just make a decision. You know, I am just going to keep my eyes completely on myself tomorrow <laughs> and see how your emotions are. Your emotions are not, they're not made that way. All of a sudden, everybody on the way to work is out to get you. Everybody at work is out to get you, right? The, your boss stinks or whatever if you own your own company. But oh, if you get your eyes off yourself and you start living at a higher level, you'll start to see that, wow, I'm actually starting to feel and act like God. And that's what he wants. His will and your will coming together, right? And conforming into one will, his will. That we would be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Wow, this is so important. So let's look at this. Let's talk about the soulish realm. Your destiny, your destiny, this is a big statement, is determined by who's gonna control your soulish realm. Your whole destiny is, is, is in the balance there. Whoever controls your soul controls your destiny. So what is the soul? I am a spirit, right? I possess a soul. The soul has three parts to it. It's comprised of my mind, my will, and my emotions. The soulish realm of me is my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I live in a physical body. Now, the problem is my spirit was made brand new. The old spirit that I was was taken out and gone forever. I was made a brand new spirit. I was born from above. I'm the offspring of God. We call it being born again. I'm brand new on the inside. 
Old things have passed away. Now everything is brand new. And see, does it mean everything is brand new just at that point? No. It means that you are brand new always. My spirit is renewed day by day. And what that means is second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, forever. All things new. Behold, I make all things new. One day God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Same word new. I love it. It's, it's, it's literally new that will never grow old. It's always going to be new. It's like buying a new car and the new car smell never goes away. Right? It snows out. You get your floor mats all dirty. And all of a sudden, the next time you look down, they're immaculate again. They're brand new. So I, I grew up thinking, well... I got saved when I was four and a half years old. I've made every mistake as a Christian. So what is my testimony? But see, everything is new now. When I got saved, old things were passed away and everything became new. Five years into salvation, guess what? Everything is new. The old has passed away. Every Jesus 2,000 years ago in his body was, was every sin that I would ever commit. It was, it was all condemned in his flesh. All of it, once and for all. And now, when I came to God and I simply believed his word, I said, Father, I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sin. I believe he rose again and he's now seated at your right hand. And now Jesus, because of that, I proclaim I am no longer my own. You're my Lord. And the minute I did that, he made me brand new. That's all I had to do. He was made to bear my sin that I would be made his very righteousness. Isn't that good news? So now what I have to do is I have this old nature, this sin nature in my flesh. Someday the power of God's going to come over. The glory of God will come over this body, whether it comes out of the grave if the Lord tarries or whether when I'm raptured I'll be changed. But then this body of mine will be glorified, not subject to age, sickness, disease, and it won't have that nature in it, that old selfish nature. But now that it does, I have to do this. I, I the spirit man Tony, have to present my body a living and holy sacrifice. I know it's living because it hurts to do it, and it's always trying to crawl off the altar, but the control factor, what controls everything is, is my mind being renovated? Is my thought process renovated by the word of God so that now, that's a result, my spirit will be growing because this is spiritual food. This is the only spiritual food on the planet. The word of God, as you implant it in your heart and the Holy Spirit brings revelation of it now, what does it do? It renovates your thinking to start thinking in line with the word so that now your, your spirit is being developed, your mind is being renewed, and now you will control your flesh. And that's, that's, you have to do that, otherwise you won't see God's will for your life. You'll, you'll fight sickness and disease your whole life, wondering if it's God's will. I wonder why things aren't changing. That all goes away when you look at the word. Because when you look at the word, you already realize, I am the healed. 
I believe I receive and I'll have. Oh, you'll see it in this physical realm because I know him. He never lies, right? So let's look at this. Controlling your soul begins with your decisions and your choices. This is real basic. But your decisions and your choices, the life that you have tonight is a result of your decisions and your choices that you've made up to this point. Now that's such good news because if you don't like, if, if, if your life is not where you think it should be, rejoice because you can just start making different decisions and different choices. And you could change your whole future, right? You change into an entirely new person because you change the way you think. I love my license plate. Well, I love my wife and I love God. I, I, I enjoy my license plate, but I love the scripture on it. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health. And here's the disclaimer. Even as your soul prospers, right? So, so this is so important. Deuteronomy 30, 19. There are two categories of decisions. There's two categories of choices. There's only two. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. There's two categories of choices. All day, you, and you will be tested on this material. The cool thing is the teacher lives inside of you. He'll give you the answer every time, and it's an open book test. Right? And, but he, and he always tells you, notice God even tells you, choose life. And you think, you think for a while, you know, if you're really young, you might think, well, that's stupid because I'd choose life. Of course I would. Then when you get a little older, like when you're 9 or 10, you realize, no, no, I'm stupid. I, I choose death. Sometimes. So thank God he told me, you can, you know, Tony, here's the answer. Choose life. Now, now here's the thing. Satan is the master at getting you to choose death. And, and this is how he does it. All he wants to do is get your eyes off of God's word. Because the minute you get your eyes off him, you'll choose death. Because, see, our spirit, we're one with him. And in, to get my eyes off of him, I have to stop responding out of my spirit and I have to give attention to my flesh. And the minute, the, the, the moment, I should say, that I get my eyes off him, I'll start choosing death. And you could always tell how you choose it. It usually starts with your chooser. We also call it your mixer. We call it your steering wheel. We, we call your tongue a lot of different things. You'll choose it by speaking wrong things. Understanding how to make right choices is critical. The process of making right choices, you got to understand the process. The purpose of your soul is to make decisions. Does that make sense? Sum it all the way down. The purpose of your soul, God has given you a mind, a will, and emotions, and emotions so to help you 
make correct decisions. Decision, decision making is what your soul has been given to you for, okay? So let me say this. You make decisions or choices on the basis of the interaction between your mind and your emotions that will cause your will to be exercised. So we have to get this process. This is why God says, be careful where you're walking, standing, and sitting. Be careful what you're hearing. Be careful who you're hearing. Why? Because of this. You make decisions and choices based on the interaction of your mind and your emotions. And based on that interaction, then your will will cause you to carry it out. So whoever controls your soulish realm will control your life and your destiny. So let's, let's talk about a couple things here as we keep going with this. When God wants to get information to you about his call on your life, his will for your life, specific things he has for you to do, what he does, he accesses your soul through your spirit. God never talks to your mind. He talks to your spirit. Satan can't talk to your spirit. So how he tries to control your life is he throws thoughts in your mind. He uses people and circumstances and situations in this world system to get you, right, he'll use that to throw thoughts in your mind or get you to feel a certain way or whatever, to try to get you to start moving in a certain direction. Your spirit is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit has taken up permanent residency in your spirit. And by this time, when I mean permanent, I don't mean just while you're on the earth. I mean forever. In all eternity, the Holy Spirit, he abides with me forever. He, I mean, think about how close we're to be to him, right? The Holy Spirit is the one who imparts revelation of God's word to your heart. He's the revealer. He's the one who reveals it to you, okay? Revelation, we call revelation of God's word, it's an unveiling. So it looks kind of like this. So with the word of God... I have no ability within my own self to see anything because uh, he has to bring revelation. It has to be unveiled to me. So what will happen as I put it first, as I hunger and thirst, as I focus my life on I just want to know him, what happens now, I'm reading the word of God and he will unveil it to me. He'll reveal it. And all of a sudden, it goes from by his stripes I'm healed to, wow, by his stripes I am healed. <laughs> right? It goes from I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to, wow, I, I can do all things through Christ. You know? That's, that's how it works. So the Holy Spirit, who indwells your spirit, 
is the one that brings revelation knowledge of God's word to you. Here's the key to walking in revelation knowledge. Hunger. Hunger is the key. If you're hungry and, you know, if if you knock, it'll be opened. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you're going to be filled. Hunger is the key. As we hunger for truth, revelation comes. Always. God's never withholding. He is Jehovah. He's the one who reveals himself. Right now in your life, you may not know your next decision. You may not know which... Boy, I'm talking to somebody right now. I think multiple people. There are decisions right now in your life, right now, that you have to make the right decision. It's not multiple choice. Relax and take all the pressure off yourself. He will show you what to do. But you must hunger for him. So how do you hunger for him? You feed on him. You just feed on the word of God. And that hunger will grow in you. And as that hunger grows, revelation comes. Revelation is the moment when God shows us truths and realities that we could not discover for ourselves. Okay? Revelation is when a scriptural truth comes alive to you and begins to flow out of your heart and it gives you understanding. This is, this is literally how you're to walk in this all the time. As I'm talking to you, God is giving me revelation of scriptures that I've been thinking about. You could be doing something completely different and God will be talking to you. He, your, your spirit is so vast. You know, your mind, your mind thinks about one thing at a time, Right? If you want to stop thinking about one thing, how do I do that? Start thinking about another thing. That's the only way. This is why when you grow up spiritually, God will only deal with you one area at a time. Because he's, he's like, because you can't. But see, your spirit is vast. So the Lord is spiritually imparting things to all for today, for 20 years from now, in this area, in that area. He's just pouring into you as you hunger. More is caught here than is taught. So this is a big thing. Revelation is when a scriptural truth, it, you're looking at it, but then it becomes alive to you. And it begins to flow out of your heart. Where does it flow to? It flows into your mind. The washing of the water of the word. It's how God your father pulls every plant out of you that he didn't plant. It's how he renovates it. It's how he replenishes you. It's how he refills you. And that, he does that. It comes and all of a sudden this revelation is flowing out of my heart. And it's, it's, it's affecting my mind. And now I'm, I know it's happening because understanding is coming. See, it goes from I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to to understanding now what I need to do so that that strength will flow in my current situation. It becomes more than a scripture. This is why it's all about relationship with God. Revelation, so very important. Revelation of God's word will take you from a casual understanding 
to where his word in this area, it becomes a powerful reality in your life. See, so many, so many word of faith people can quote scriptures and, and they're literally like this bottle of water. Man, they, in church, they're just, they're walking in victory, totally in theory and not, they're, because they're not doing it in their life. Because they're going to God and, and I could quote these scriptures and, and they're quoting scriptures and quoting scriptures and then the enemy goes, boo. And they go flying. And then they're like, what? I don't understand. It's because we're not, I know that's funny. We're, I, I've never backhand, maybe that's a new one. But it's because we're not walking with him. God has me do silly things. It's embarrassing a little bit, but you know what? I'll get over myself. This is how it works. Don't be like that anymore. You don't have to be. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but listen, if you're strong right now, great. Keep getting stronger because you're to teach others how to be strong. Right? Tonight, you have people in your home church family that are probably really beating themselves up. They're at home. They're under circumstances. They're facing things, let alone the people at work let alone all the people that don't even know God. Man, I'm telling you, God wants to build strength in you to where you're speaking his word and it goes from a casual understanding where I can quote, you know, I could quote Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed them to where you know it's a powerful reality. No, Jesus, God, you sent your word, Jesus, and he bore my sickness, and he carried my pain, and I refuse to have anything less than what you've given me. Right? That's exactly what it is. Revelation of God's word will always bring direction in your life. He'll bring direction. It's always through his word. He wants you to use this revelation to decipher all of your circumstances through the right filter. Just because it looks like it's over. Listen, you're a child of God. It is not over. You serve a God that even though through your own stupidity and self-centeredness, you killed something in your life. If you think that's true, then what you need to do is go read Romans. And you'll find out that Paul said, you've been dead, you're dead to sin. And who caused that thing to die and who did that stupid stuff was the sin nature that you gave into. So what? You can go ahead and repent, change your mind, apply the word of God. God is a God who brings life to dead things. The recompense of the righteous They'll be recompensed in the earth. God will get it all back for you. There is no loss for us. There is no defeat. There is no going backwards. You have to be fully aware. That has to become a powerful reality in your life because a casual understanding just won't get it done. He wants you to use this revelation. See, here's the thing. It's natural for your soul to do what your body wants it to do. That's just natural. If your mind is unrenewed, it's just natural. 
but it doesn't have, it's not the way that it's to be. You can renovate your thinking to where now, when your flesh wants to do something, your spirit and, and your renewed mind is going, no. And when you do it, your, your flesh will just go, okay. That, that's what it'll do. Because you decide. This is very important. You must train your soul continually. So let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Man, I said a whole bunch of stuff. I had all these notes and then I, the Lord had me write down a little page of stuff and I've been living there. But this is good. It fills in some blanks. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. You guys doing okay? This is important. God wants you to lay hold. This is your year. This is a year where we break out of all this self-centeredness and all this stuff that's keeping us bound and we see clearly so that the God of heaven can bring breakthrough in your life beyond your wildest dreams. That's what he has for us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 It says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul is praying this for believers, that they would be filled This word filled literally means to cram, to stuff. And it literally also means to become one with one's desires. God wants you to become one with all those desires that are expressions of his will that he's placed in you. That happens as you see his will. That you might be filled with the knowledge of his will How? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding is when spiritual truth comes together for you. Man, when it, it it goes from a casual understanding to a powerful reality. It causes you to go ahead and connect the dots. It, 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 what happens now is it, it becomes very clear in all wisdom how I can apply the knowledge of his will, the knowledge of his word to my situation and see it change into his will. Right? If there's no peace in my life, I go from no peace to his peace mounting guard over my heart and mind. All these things, are they all belong to me. They've all been given me. This is so important. Verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto every good work. See, what's a good work? Here's here's the definition according to our study tonight. The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto every good work. And look at this and increasing in the knowledge of God. That word knowledge, it literally means increasing in the full discernment of who he is. That's what God wants for you. Down in verse 16, look at right after this powerful thought, look at what he says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Notice the word let. Guess who chooses 
you choose. You have to choose to let. You have to choose to allow God's word to dwell in you richly. This is so, so very important. Here's, here's why we renovate our thinking. Because there's this thing, it's called a vain imagination. If you, are, if you get outside of walking, keeping your eyes on the word of God, vain imaginations will be created in your mind. The unrenewed mind could be full of them. And it causes behavior that will deviate about from, it'll deviate away from the way God intends or mandates in his word. A vain imagination will literally cause you to do something to produce death in your life. Wrong behavior always comes from wrong thinking, which is a product of an imagination that has not been renewed or weaned. God wants to wean you off certain destructive thought processes. Because if you have a thought process that I'm not, I'm not worthy, that, I, you know, that I'm worthless, that I've already made enough mistakes in my life, it's over. you got to get weaned off all that stuff. Or I can never overcome this. That's a lie. I'm not good enough. That's a wrong perception. That's a lie. It's a vain imagination. Wrong behavior comes from wrong thinking, which is a product of your imagination or an, and imagination that has not been renewed or weaned. See, what, is, what does the word vain mean? It literally means empty, worthless, of no purpose. All we have to do is go home and we could, we have this school in our home, the Vain Imagination School. <laughs> Depending on what channel, I could sit in the seat of the scornful, I could walk and stand among sinners, or, or I could really get vain and worthless and empty, and it looks like this right, where you're doing things with your thumbs. <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know what video games are doing to people? I, I remember talking to a young man that said, the only time I feel special is when I'm online in this community. They're like my family, and everybody looks up to me because I'm good at this game. And then when I put the game down, I, I'm faced with the reality of who I am. Right? Now, am I saying never watch TV, never play a video game? No, no I'm not saying that. My goodness, I'd have to give up football or something like that. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Because vain imaginations, empty, worthless, with no purpose. When, when you... Who, who are full of purpose, do things that have no purpose. You're living, you're try, it's like you're trying to live it like a fish out of water. Anything that is not in the Bible or anything that does not align with God's principles is vain. Do you realize in eternity, we won't talk about it. Won't, won't even be mentioned. There will be no remembrance of it. 
Why? Because God's going to wipe our memory? No, it doesn't say that ever. To stop thinking about, see, you're going to have your same mind in eternity. To stop thinking about one thing, what do you have to do? You have to think about something else. Guys, I'm telling you, in heaven and in eternity, we're, we're, we're not going to have any remembrance of the ungodly and vain things because why would we ever want to look at that? That's why. Because God is so good. Anything that works in life is because it's God's idea. Vain imaginations build a picture of our lives on the basis of anything other than God's word. And God does not want that. You're his child. He wants your whole life to be built on what he says, on his will for your life. Health, strength, wholeness, peace, fearlessness, victory, right? Where you're not just thinking positive. You've went way beyond positive thinking and now you're thinking impossibly. The impossible has now become possible because now you know all things are possible to him who believes. So it says this, and as we're kind of winding down now, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 5, verse 5. Romans 8, 5 says this, For they that are after the flesh, that means if you're walking after your natural man, your flesh, do mind or give attention to the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, Pastor, are you saying if if I'm thinking carnally about natural things, it all goes to death? Yeah. That's exactly, well, actually, I'm not saying that. God says that. If you are spiritually minded... It produces life and peace. You'll enjoy the things of the world so much better. But if you're seeking after, and you're just going after the world stuff, it can't produce life. Death is always the result of being carnally minded. Death, here's the problem though, death is not always instant. And that's the problem. We, we actually feel good sometimes because our flesh is going, man, I'm liking this. But all roads lead to death. Death is usually a process of corruption that takes your life into a downward spiral. Well, I mean, I just, I just went out and had a drink with some friends because we didn't, I didn't get drunk. I didn't do anything. And we were just kind of hanging out. And, and man, they're really nice people. And then pretty soon, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of you know, going out with them too. But now I'm having maybe three or four drinks instead of one. And then I'm finding, then you know, within six months, now I'm even thinking, 
you know, I got some stuff in my refrigerator at home, and so I, I come home from work, and I just want to, you know, I'm just kind of like, I just need to relax a little bit, so I have a little wine with my dinner, maybe a little this or that, and then, then friends call me up, and I might go out, and I just, you know, I drink a little here, and then pretty soon, a year into it, I'm, I'm finding that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going out quite a bit now, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not ever getting drunk, but I'm drinking alcohol about seven days a week. And, uh, but you know, but I've got it under control. And then six months later, all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm finding myself, you know, uh, I, I, I'm kind of down and, and man, I got down and I just drank a whole bunch. And, and the next thing I knew, I, I just kind of passed out. And that was really strange. I woke up real sick. I said, I'd never do that again. Then pretty soon, I'm drinking a lot. And all of a sudden, I'm at work and I can't, I just, I, I can't stop thinking about as soon as I get off, I got to go. And, and maybe I might even have to maybe put some stuff in my car because it may just kind of take the edge off at work because I'm really busy. And before long, it's consuming me. And now I thought I had total control over it, but now I don't know how to get out of it. I mean, I'm getting drunk two or three times a week, and now it's starting to affect my life. And it all started with a thought. Well, having one drink with friends, I mean, they're all kind of drinking. You would never have a problem with alcohol. Say, I mean, I remember... I, you know, when I moved out of Chicago as a little kid, we'd go back and visit my grandparents. And from the time in seventh grade, well, in sixth grade, all my friends in Chicago, no smoking, no nothing, no drugs, no drinking. Seventh grade, a couple of them are smoking a little weed once in a great while. Eighth grade, they're smoking weed all the time. They're drinking all the time. It all starts with a thought. I've seen men crying. Tony, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, here I am, a young guy in our church. I don't know what I'm going to do. I keep having affair after affair and after affair on my wife. I keep telling myself I won't do it, but then I meet somebody. See, and then all of a sudden, Satan brings people out of the woodwork and you're falling and falling and falling, and it eventually costs the guy his family. This is what we're talking about. It's usually a process of corruption that just takes your life on a very small downward cycle until you lose control. And I'm not just talking alcohol, drugs, or anything. It could be a thought process. Your father knows right what you're facing. You might have a thought process. Man, here you are. When I was 45 when I was 50 years old, I started thinking all the time about how I'm not ready for retirement. And now I'm 65. And now I'm 70. And, I, and I've been living for 30 years in the fear of having nothing when I get old. Your father wants to get that thought process out of you. Right? Because I got news for you. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're 90 years old. God will take care of you. Yeah, but I blew 90 years. Okay, then finish strong. I'm serious, yeah. God is ready if you're ready. The process is slow. 
The process of death is slow and hard to see. The carnal mind is dominated by vain imaginations. And I'll, I'll close with this. The ability to eliminate a vain imagination and focus your thought life through the filter of God's word is critical to renewing your mind. Guys, I want to tell you, God wants to, he, he's knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to show you maybe some thought processes that maybe you don't see. He wants to show them to you so that you give them to him. You See, as Christians, you don't have to know what to do to be free. You, the, the how is all him. All you got to do is be willing and obedient. And when he shows you a thought process, it might be something where it's like, for me, at the end of the day, at the core of who I was, I was worthless. And the Lord had to get me to a place where I gave him that. And I, and I literally, I didn't know how I was going to do it because I didn't even know how big it was in my life. But I gave it to him and said, okay, I will not touch this in my thought life again. And the minute you do that, here comes the machine gun. You're worthless, you know, worthless, like, right? And so what, don't worry about that because it's not a feeling. Because see, here's what happens. My emotions, whenever a certain thing would happen, my emotions get fired up and go, see, I'm worthless. See, that didn't work. And, and it, right in the midst of all this worthless stuff, my emotions are flaring up and the enemy's whispering into my ear, see, God's not helping you. There's no help for you. This is going to be the way it always was. This is exactly what Satan did to Jesus. Jesus, if you be the Son of God, notice you're really hungry. Command those stones to be made bread. Come on, do it. If you're the Son of God, show me, big man. Do you think it was like this? Hey, Jesus, I'm Satan. No, it's just the way he is with you. He is a killer. So he'll come to you and he'll whisper in your ear, hey, Jesus, if you're the son of God, notice how you've kind of been alone here for 40 days. You had this glorious thing happen to you. I don't even think that was real. You know that voice you heard? That wasn't real. That said, this is, this is my beloved son. That, that wasn't God. Notice, notice nothing's been happening for 40, 40 days. You haven't heard anything. That was just somebody messing with you. You don't think that's the way it was? And then it'll get, he gets more and more and more. Oh yeah, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Come on, do it. You know you're hungry. But because Jesus was full, he said, it is written. See, this is how you overcome the minute that word rises out of your heart and it, it comes out of your mouth. The power of God is right there. It is written. May, I mean, that, that word that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago right now is just permeating every fiber of my spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone. But man shall live, how? By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy 8.3 is what he was quoting. See, this is how you live. 
that pain hits your body, that you get, you get a report that's opposite from what the word says, but you're full of the word and you're running to the word and you're renovating your thinking and you're going, no. And you might have to do like David did in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. I mean, you notice how David did that? Bless the Lord, I said, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. Oh, he's forgiven all of mine iniquities. And he's healed all of my diseases. I will live long on the earth and declare the works of the Lord. Right? He's going to come to you. Satan's going to come to you if you're a child of God. Show me. Come on, you know this hasn't worked. You've been believing God for money and it's getting worse. Show me. Right? And you have the authority. Satan, first of all, I can't say what Jesus said about, you know, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, but I can say this, you shall not tempt his son, which is me. He's given me authority in his name. Now you shut up in Jesus' name and get out of my life because I believe God. That's what we can say. So this is the renewing of the mind, guys. We, we'll, we might have to go into this a little bit more. You need to build, allow the word of God to build a picture to where you go from a casual understanding that I think God wants me to be well to where you know clearly that I am the healed and therefore he sent his word and healed my body. So now sickness, disease, you got to get out of my life. Poverty and lack, you got to get out of my life. Depression, you can't live in my mind, right? There is no fear in my life. There is no anxiety. There is no terror. I abide under the secret place. And I'm not trying to succeed. I already have succeeded in Christ. And now you hide and watch, Satan. I'm going to walk and live long on this earth, declare his works, and finish my path, and it's a path of increase. Right? Whoever is born of God overcomes the world system, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen? Amen. That's what it is. Amen. Amen.